Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Luckiest Peach Podcast. I am your host, Rachel, the Lucky Peach. Um, if you listened to last week's drunk commentary, you know I was on the fence about whether or not I wanted to do this extra episode for August. Um, and then I had a better idea for um, what I could do. So, like, the original idea was um, about crossovers and... I'll be honest, I don't give a shit about crossovers. Like, I haven't cared about them since, like, Wizards on Deck uh, with Hannah Montana. So, I really had no idea of how I was going to, like, approach that topic in that episode if I had done it. So, I was like, you know what, maybe I'll just take the week off because, uh, you know, I got school starting, blah, 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 whatever. Um, And then... Last week, I uh, just, I had, I was watching George of the Jungle, and um, I will get into detailing of why I like that movie later, but I, um, yeah, I was watching it, and I I texted Raul, uh, the nerdy Chicano, who's been on quite a few episodes of The Luckiest Peach, um, and I was like, I'm going to make a letterbox list about movies that made me gay. Uh, if you didn't know by now, I am, I am a bit gay. Uh, technical term, pansexual, but like I, like if somebody asks me what my label is, I'll tell them pan. Um, but I kind of, I usually use gay or queer when I talk about myself generally, but if somebody asks uh, you know, what my sexual identity is, I will tell them pansexual because that explains it the best. But uh, generally, when I talk about myself, I usually either say gay or queer. Um, unrelated, but I'm, I'm also uh, gender fluid. So um, majority of the time I exist in between. Um, but, you know, I, I fluctuate on how I want to appear and I am comfortable with any pronouns, so just to put that out there. Uh, but yeah, so I, I, uh, I, I, uh, I realized, <laughs> I realized I was queer in 2017 when I was 19, so almost four years ago now, and um, yeah, a lot of things made sense. I still obviously had a lot of work to do on myself to understand that part of my identity. I'm, I'm still struggling to understand it at times. You know, that's part of growing up. You know, I'm, I'm still young. I'm still in my coming of age. So, you know, I'm also just not looking for love. I don't care. I'm, I'm happy on my own. Um, I value my friendship more. So there's that. But yeah, I realized then, um, first person I came out to was immediately after I realized <laughs> I called my best friend Avery and was like, hey, I'm Pan. Um, the part I don't really talk about is I thought I was bi for a while. And then I was like, you know what? I really don't give a shit. Um, but, you know, everyone, everyone, you know, views their sexuality their own way. Uh, and this is just how I view mine. Um, yeah, but like when I thought back on it later on, I realized um, I have this very, I, I have trouble with my memory due to trauma. 
as just any mental mentally ill person. Um, so I don't remember a lot, but you know, after, after I realized I was queer, I like had this really vivid memory of me being on the school bus in ninth grade and like thinking about it and being like, you know what? Like I'll fall in love with whoever I fall in love with. I don't, I don't care who, what their gender is. Like as long as I love them and they love me, but I'm still going to call myself straight. (laughs) So like, yeah, there's, there's that, there's that, um, there's the story that fits the I've always been queer uh, thing. Um, you know, I think it's important for everyone to figure that out for themselves and not have a heterosexual identity, you know, forced upon them from birth. Um, so in case any homophobes want to come in here and say that the gay agenda is being forced on their kids, no, it's the straight agenda. Anyways, um, but yeah, that, I mean, that thought also happened during my Jesus phase when I was stifling down a lot of my personality and a lot of my identity uh, without realizing it. So, yeah, because I went to a church that kind of operated on fear a lot. Not gonna lie. Not gonna lie. I don't remember any, like, sermons about sexuality, but in terms of other things that uh, Christianity talks about. Yeah, it operated on fear. Um, But also like, that was a time of me not knowing myself. So I like, I wanted to fit in with the youth group better. Like I wanted, I didn't have many friends. So I was trying to fit in, uh, which was a huge like um, habit I had to break over the last, like I only did it over the last couple of years. And, you know, we're looking at a phase of my life that happened a decade ago. So, yeah, it was it was something like I, I used to I had attachment issues uh, that I fortunately feel like I have completely worked through. Um, but I don't know. Um, but, yeah, I I, uh, I wanted to fit in because I didn't have many friends. And I felt like if I fit in, I would have more friends. That's not true. Um, that just. uh gives your fake friends more opportunity to manipulate you, I've learned. Uh, But yeah, I was trying to fit in. I was forcing myself into things, like into identity concepts that, um, looking back, I don't agree on, and I don't see myself being a part of ever again. Um, Yeah, so I, yeah, I tried to fit in a lot. There were a couple times that my friends in the youth group would be like, hey, um, you can't do that because people are going to think that you're a lesbian. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm glad I'm no longer in my Jesus face. I'm glad I realized how harmful, uh, that religion was to me, uh, not only in my teenage years, but also just in my childhood in general. Um, I'm glad I realized that I'm glad I got away from that, you know, and I've, I've found myself, I found what makes me happy. You know, I was agnostic for a lot of years and then a year ago, actually, I, uh, I found, I found paganism and sometime after that I found Satanism. Um, and now I'm a satanic witch, not, not in the way that anti-witchcraft movies portray it, obviously. Obviously I find Lucifer very sexy. I'm not gonna lie. Have y'all seen Alexander Cabano? 
painting. Did I? I feel like I mispronounced that because he was European, but I don't care. Um, have y'all seen the painting? That man is thick. He is hot. Uh, anyways, but to, to clarify that, because I realized, as I said, that that sounds the way that a lot of movies portray it. Um, I, uh, I, I primarily practice like pagan witchcraft, but identify as a Satanist. And by that, I mean, I'm a part of the satanic temple. That does not mean I'm doing any, anything that is related to Christianity because the way that movies portray Satanism is more in line with Christianity. And I don't believe, I don't believe in Christianity. I don't believe in Satan the way that Christians do. Um, I don't, believe in Lucifer the way that I mean I like yeah like Satan is just a title because his name is Lucifer so like I uh yeah I don't believe in anything that Christianity believes in so please do not try to attach my personal religion to uh any Christian beliefs because they don't align they don't align for the most for the most part he is a figure he is not like my god I don't worship him um, I would love to have him as a patron deity one day, but because I have fantasized about him in the past, I'm embarrassed of that, and I don't want to deal with, with him roasting the fuck out of me for it. Um, I have Apollo as one of my patrons. Um, thankfully, uh, he has not roasted me for that same thing. He actually likes it, apparently, so I'm cool with that. <laughs> um yeah, my other patron deities are Athena and Eros. Eros is a recent, uh, a recent addition. I'm still trying to figure out what our dynamic is. Athena is a mother figure to me. Um, I have a tattoo of her on my ribs. Fun fact. Um, yeah, so like, in case you're wondering, like, I mean, I'm not gonna defend. Well, I will defend myself in my religion because obviously it has nothing to do with Christianity, and I hate the modern concept. Um, and by modern concept, I mean Christianity has successfully taken over the world um, and acts similar to a cult a lot of times. Um, that is my personal opinion, I will say. Um, but yeah, so like there's this idea that like everything is like a denomination basically of Christianity and it's not, my religion has nothing to do with it. Um, yeah, but that's not why we're here. Although that is attached to my queerness and my sexuality, um, that's not why we're here. Why did I get into that? Oh, because I was talking about the purity of my life when I first thought I was queer and then stifled it down immediately by saying, but I'm straight. Um, but yeah, um, so like that's the first time I think I had a thought about it, but um, I didn't fully realize it or start to become myself until I was 19. So, like, five years after that. But anyways, that being said, um, after I realized I came, you know, a lot of a lot of people in the community, you know, later on think about, you know, their life and the memories that they do have, if they have a good memory or not. I don't have a good memory. So, you know, I thought back on the memories that I do have and I realized, hey, you know what? I've been, I've been gay my whole life. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, as I mentioned, uh, my memory is not good at all. Um, but, um, as you guys know, I love movies more than anything. I love film. Um, it is, it is my happy place. I, um, I don't mean this to sound like 
pretentious or anything, but like I watch like an average of five or six movies a week. Usually more than that, but on average it's that because some weeks I, I don't really watch many. I didn't watch as many last week as I normally do because I was in the middle of watching United States of Terror and that, you know, TV shows take up a lot of time. Uh, but I, I love it. I love film um, and television too, because television is part of film. Um, it's It's been my happy place my entire life. You know, I'm grateful for it. It has taught me a lot of life lessons. It's, you know, made me happier with myself it's made me feel more comfortable with myself you know and it's it's shown me every aspect of life that it possibly could have as well as it has become a form of escapism for me um you know a healthy form of escapism for me you know um i love film more than anything and you know it makes sense that it um is attached to my sexuality and that it helped me realize my sexuality um yeah, uh, the funny thing is, like, homophobes um, like to say that, like, media, you know, forces blah, 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 but, like, a lot of the movies that are on here aren't even queer movies, and by queer movies, I mean, like, they are, but, like, the relationships in these movies are heterosexual, so... I, yeah, what are y'all getting at, man? Because these are straight movies that turned me gay. <laughs> we, we, we just got to say I was just attracted to the women and all the people in the movies. Um, the first one, I'm, like, I have these listed in order of, like, when I watched them. So, like, it's like a revisiting of my life. Um, so, yeah, the earliest one definitely my explanation for this, I don't feel this way about it now, but as a kid, I viewed it this way. I was obsessed with this movie as a kid. Um, obsessed. Obsessed. And there's, there's like, a big joke in the community that, like, the Aristocats turns you gay. <laughs> and, like, I agree. Like, I was obsessed with the Aristocats as a kid, and, like, I had a weird attachment to Marie... And once I learned that I wasn't the only gay person that had a weird attachment to Marie as a kid, I realized, oh, that's a thing. Um, there's, I mean, there's no, like, definitive correlation, but I think there's a correlation, at least in my life. I was oddly obsessed with Marie. Um, not in a sexual way, but, like, because, you know, a five-year-old isn't going to understand that. Um, but oddly obsessed in the way that a five-year-old could be oddly obsessed with a character. Um, and, you know, that makes a lot of sense. Now I watch it because I think it's a fantastic film, and I love the music in it, and I love Cats. And it's a good time. It's a vibe, um, aside from the racist cat. Um, but otherwise, like, I don't view it that way. Like, I'm not sexually attracted to racist cats. That's, that's bestiality. Anyways, um, but yeah, I just wanted to get that one out of the way quickly because that was... Oops. I just wanted to explain that I'm not into bestiality and that, you know, I need to change the way that I have this because I wrote a little tiny. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Here we go. I had it listed in like the, the square version on Letterboxd where like it just shows you the posters. But I was like, I wrote little notes to remind me. I mean, I don't need reminders, but like, 
Uh, but I wrote little notes to remind me of like what it was about these movies. Um, so yeah, my little note for the Aristocats was is a very was very obsessed with Marie as a small child. Uh, so there's that. I realized I opened this can of Red Bull right before I started recording, and I have not drank any of it. So you know, bottoms up. Just kidding, it's cold. I'm not gonna bottoms up it. I don't chug cold drinks because I have sensitive teeth. Um, I have very sensitive teeth, you guys. Fun fact. Um, <clears throat> anyways, I realized my voice is getting raspy. I don't know why. I don't know. I have not had any water today, actually. We're not gonna do that on camera. I'll just keep drinking this ripple. That's not a good thing. Hydrate. Hydrate. The only reason I'm not going to do it is because I'm on camera and I'm on a microphone that is sensitive. And I know I drink my water bottle is a blender bottle. And I don't know if you knew this, but blender bottle caps make noise when you open and close them. So I would rather not subject you to that loud noise. So anyways, uh, <laughs> moving on. Um, I don't know if I've mentioned how much I love Greek mythology in past episodes. I'm sure I have. I'm sure I have. Um, I probably did in the Green Knight episode for sure because that's based on myth. And like when I think of myth, I think of Greek mythology, even though that episode was about Arthurian myth. Um, I, I, if you're watching on patreon.com slash lucky peach um, on the video version, which you can get if you're on Patreon, you can get that a week early. Um, if you're watching the video version, I do this thing where like when I talk about something and like I also have the thing, I will point to it in my room, even though I know you can't see it on camera. So like when I was talking about the blender bottle, I point I was literally pointing to the blender bottle. And now that I'm mentioning Greek mythology, but Greek mythology, I am pointing to my bookshelf. <laughs> where I have a shelf basically full of classics. Anyways. Um, I've been obsessed with it my whole life. I'm not even gonna lie. I'm not gonna lie. And this movie started that obsession, I believe. But it just, I don't, I don't know what it is about it that started my obsession with it. Um, I, I love all mythology. I do read all mythology, but Greek just seems to be the one for me. Uh, seems to be the one that just fills my soul. Anyways, um... Yeah, um, so I, yeah, I, I love mythology. I always have. Um, I, I'm hoping that um, the Disney Plus Percy Jackson series goes well because then I can stop watching the movies. And the only reason I watch the movies is, be is because that's all we have right now. And uh, I would... Um, Anyways, yeah, it's all we have right now. I didn't know my dad was home. Oh my god, I'm embarrassed. I was talking very loudly about my sexuality. I mean, I'm out to my parents, but like, that's awkward. Um, yeah, it's all we have right now. So, like, <laughs> so, like, I'm hoping the series goes well because it's one of my favorite book series. Jesus Christ. Um, but that being said, the next movie is uh, Hercules, which 
Hercules is actually the Greek name. Uh, not the Greek, the Roman name. The Greek name is Heracles. I can't function now. I cannot function now. I'm so sorry, you guys. But this is the first time it's happened on the, on the podcast. And that makes it, this is the worst time that it's ever happened. Because I didn't know that my dad was home. The past times, I knew that my dad was home. And he still walked in anyways. Um, but this time, I had no clue that he was home. Because it's 1 p.m. He should be at work. Um, anyways, um, yeah, the mo- next movie is Hercules. Um, it is one of my favorite movies still. Um, I mean, all of these movies are basically my favorite movies in a way. Um, yes, yeah, so my note for that is that Greek mythology turns me on. <clears throat> I, God damn it, I'm mad now because I was gonna, I was gonna do some bulk recordings today to record ahead of time, and now I'm definitely not going to do that. Fuck. Anyways, uh, the next movie is George of the Jungle. I'm sorry, this this episode gets boring after this, because now I just, my plan for it just went out the window. Oh, fuck. Um, yeah, the next movie is George of the Jungle. I think the cast is perfect. Um, also, Brennan Fraser. I'm here for the Renaissance. Um, I, I, I think it's perfect. Um, yeah, continuing on, uh, who framed Roger Rabbit because he really put, he really put Joseph Rabbit in a children's movie or a family movie, whatever you want to call it. And they thought that it wasn't going to turn us gay. They put Jessica Rabbit in a kid's movie. And really thought that it wasn't going to turn us gay. I mean, they can't even complain because they did it to us. Whether they knew it or not. They did it to us. Anyways, uh, moving on. Um, fun fact about me. Um, Nicole Kidman and Ewan McGregor were definitively my sexual awakening. Um, I can't explain it. I'm, I mean, Ewan McGregor has aged like fine wine. Um, I don't find Nicole Kidman attractive anymore, but I still love, I still love her as an actress. Um, but yet, it's still like my note for this movie says Nicole and Ewan had a cho- had me in a chokehold as a kid, and they still do. Um, so with that being said, the movie is Moulin Rouge. Uh, my sister showed it to me at a young age, and again, again. You're going to put two sexy people in a movie and think that it's not going to turn me gay? Like, that's not even part of the gay agenda. Like, the straight people are the ones turning us gay. Okay. Anyways. um, And so then, like, immediately after that is The Stepford Wives. um, Which is actually uh, September's Cult of the Month episode. Um, I'm talking about the 2004 reboot, remake, whatever. uh, Starring Nicole Kidman. But uh, September's Cult of the Month episode is... Uh, I usually don't reveal these things early. Uh, <laughs> but um, it's the original... Uh, I forget which year it came out. It came out in the 70s, I believe. Um, the original Stepford Wives film uh, will be the Cult of the Month episode, which is the one that I was going to record. But I guess I'm not doing that today anymore. Um, yeah, and then continuing on, 
In um, early 2000s fashion, 13 going on 30, um, this is something I've recently realized was one of those movies that turned me because I, uh, I don't, I just never thought it was that important to me. And then I think back and I'm like, I used to watch this movie a lot as a kid, a lot, a lot. And I realized a lot of the movies I was weirdly sexual, like weirdly obsessed with were part of that because have y'all seen Jennifer Garner in that dress? In that dress in the thriller scene? Oh, anyways, um, yeah, I think that's like probably the simplest answer for that. Just yeah. Moving on though, um, this is the one you're probably gonna be the least surprised at. Um, Rocky Horror, <laughs> Rocky Horror Picture Show. Um, my note for it says true sexual awakening at 10 years old. I don't actually know how old I was when I saw this for the first time. I just know I was very young. I was under 10. It was either 10 or it was under 10. Um, because my sister and I shared a room. Um, and I would go to lay down in my bed and she'd be watching a movie. And she'd be like, don't look. And I'm like, but I want to be in here. It's my room too. Uh, and one day she had this on and I watched it through the covers and it changed my life. Quite literally, I watched this movie and was like, what is that? Oh my God. Um, if you're watching a video on Patreon at patreon.com slash Peach, I have a poster literally right next to my desk of Rocky Horror. I, I love this movie so, so much. So much so much as you so many other people <laughs> this oh, it's everything to me i love tim curry so much um yeah yeah just classic classic i don't know if i'm ever going to do a cult of the month episode or a commentary episode on rocky horror because I, i'm sure there are a million other podcasts that I've talked about it, but if you would like me to do either a Cult of the Month episode or a drunk commentary on Rocky Horror, um, let me know. Maybe I'll do it. You know, if it's in demand, I'll do it, but otherwise I probably won't because a lot of people have talked about this movie and I don't know that you want another gay person talking about this movie for an hour. Um, yeah. Uh, but moving on, the next movie I have is Pirates of the Caribbean, specifically Curse of the Black Pearl. Uh, because when I was a kid, I thought Karen Knightley looked really, really good in her dress, as well as in every other fit she wears. Um, I like Karen Knightley. Somebody told me it looked like her when I was like 11. Um, I didn't see it then. I don't have a sense of self, so I definitely don't see it now. I mean, nobody has told me that I look like her as an adult. Um, the person that people tell me I look like as an adult, I don't want to talk about. So, take a guess. Anyways, uh, the next thing is, this is, um, I'm not a fan of uh, Tim Burton. I, I mean, I guess I am because I do like his movies, but like on a personal level, I'm not a fan of him. I think he's weird. And I think his method for casting is fucked up. Um, yeah, but Corpse Bride definitely does something for me. It definitely does something for me. Oh my god, I'm on my last sticky note. 
um, absolutely does something for me. I, I don't, my note for it just says death is sexy. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is because like, I also really like Beetlejuice in a weird way. And I also like Sweeney Todd in a weird way. So like, I don't know. I don't know, man. I think that's just me saying that Johnny Depp does it for me. <laughs> Wait, he's not even in Beetlejuice. I mean, young Alec Baldwin and Gina Davis, they look good in that movie, I will say. Um, yeah, so next, continuing on the Kim, Tim Curry train, Clue. Um, I think the first time I watched Clue was in high school middle school in middle school and I just weirdly loved it I like murder mysteries but like this does it for me um specifically Madeline Kahn and Tim Curry like it just looks Madeline Kahn looks so good in it I was gonna cosplay Mrs. White one year that obviously didn't happen um I do have the wig now because uh, occasionally I will cosplay Mia Wallace so um, but moving on, next we have Mean Girls. Um, I say this because, one, Rachel McAdams. Two, um, I remember in eighth grade, I was on a trip for student council, and I shared a bed with this one girl, and we watched Mean Girls that night, uh, me and her, uh, and uh, I remember her being like, the scene where they're walking down the hallway and Lindsay Lohan falls in the trash can. I remember her being like, you know that they're they're walking a certain way because so, booms don't bounce that much when you walk. And that stuck in my head. And now every time I watch that movie, I think about that. Um, so really my answer for why this movie, aside from the fact that this started a whole obsession with me, I used to play this on repeat for like a good year. Um, Literally, I found the repeat function on my blue on my DVD player and just left it at that and let Mean Girls just play. Um, but um, so my answer for that is um, boobs. Boobs. I'm not a fan of my own, but I like theirs. Boobs. Anyways, um, next thing. Uh, this this started a whole crush. I have a poster from this movie above my desk that a high school English teacher gifted to me. Um, which the fact that I have a friendship with one of my high school English teachers says everything you need to know about me and my sexuality. Um, yeah. So uh, that being said, it's Romeo and Juliet. Um, the year before I had that specifically English teacher, we watched the, the nineteen eighty six one. We watched it in class, and um, that started my crush on Leonardo DiCaprio. It ended recently when I found out that he doesn't bathe. But, I mean, it, it lessened over time. The first time it lessened is when I realized his dating habits, and then uh, it completely disappeared uh, the other day when I learned that he doesn't bathe and that he smells bad. Um, I still think he's a great actor, but... Oops. He's gross. Um, yeah, so that and like Paul Rudd, they're, they're just very attractive in this movie. 
Um, next, we have a Knight's Tale. Do I need to explain this? I think you know why. I think you know why. I love Heath Ledger. I'm going to tell you right now. I love him more than anything. I wish he was still with us. He's He was so hot. He was so hot. Um, yeah, it, literally my note for that just says Heath. Um, yeah, then we got The Mummy. I, I haven't put it lower down in my list. Meaning I probably watched it for the first time in high school, but I feel like the first time I watched it was earlier on. I don't know. Um, yeah, that's another one that is like pretty self-explanatory. You know, Brendan Fraser and Rachel Weiss. I still love Rachel Weiss. I literally, oh yeah, I can't say that movie because it's further on in the list. I watch movies because of her. You know, like the actors that I mention in this episode, I literally watch movies because of them. Um, regardless if they're good or not. Um, literally most of this list has to do with specific actors. <laughs> um, but uh, that being said, the next movie is Black Swan because of Natalie Portman. So I'm not, I have, I have my reservations about uh, Darren Aronofsky, but I do like Black Swan and I, I like Swan Lake in general, and I think it's not on this list, but I think to go with, like, the Aristocats, Barbie of Swan Lake probably is also part of that, because I, I watched that movie a lot as a kid. Uh, go back to our previous bonus episode from June, um, where me, Tay, and Abby discussed Barbie movies. I think, I think I went off about Barbie of Swan Lake in that episode, so, like, it's a definitive part of my childhood. Um, so I think, I think that just explains Black Swan, but also Natalie Portman. Natalie Portman. You know, just mentioning her, I could just easily add the Star Wars prequels to this. Um, but I'm not going to, because they're not part of my sexual awakening. Um, moving on with just actors that made me gay. Uh, Uma Thurman. So, yeah, Kill Bill Volume 1 specifically volume one um yeah it just does it for me one of the first tiktoks i ever posted i don't think it's on there anymore i think i might have privated it or deleted it i don't know but um literally the tiktok was like um i recorded the the uh, crazy Gate fight scene just uma in that scene and then i turned around I, I you know i like flipped the camera over and i like drooled and i said am i gay now um that's all that's all you need to know about me in this movie about me and uma thurman so i love her so much um next we have raul you're not gonna be surprised you're also gonna laugh at this interview with the vampire so like the first time me and raul like really 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 hung out uh, was when I recorded my first Cinema Condition episode with him. Um, I think it was like in early 2019. Uh, and I chose Interview with the Vampire. And we found out recently there's really not much to talk about this movie other than the um, homoeroticism in it. Um, yeah, go check out that episode if you want to see like one of the worst podcast episodes on the planet. Uh, it's a joke between us now. Um, 
yeah, literally when I joined the nerd court and Rowan was introducing me to everyone, he was like, yeah, they, they were on, they, they were the one who did the interview with the vampire episode and, uh, specifically Aiden was like, oh, that was you. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, but I do like this movie. Um, if you need an explanation, probably don't, but it's just gay. It's, it's gay as a fuck. Um, it's very homoerotic. Um, so if you haven't watched it, you're missing out. I don't like Tom Cruise, but like, this is like the one movie that I'm like, oh shit. Uh, anyways, continuing on, your 10 things I hate about you. Again, he's Ledger. That's all I gotta say. His hair in this movie. The scene where he goes into the club, um, to like surprise Cat to be like, oh yeah, I like cool music too. Uh, he's like wearing like a mesh top and these like silver shiny pants and that outfit just does it for me it just does it for me i can't wait to tell people that my dad like i obviously i talk quieter when i record when my parents are home but like why this episode of all episodes does my dad have to walk into my room the one where i'm just talking about gay tm Just why? Why does the universe do these things to me? Anyways, um, yeah, he's lighter in that outfit. And does it for me. Um, moving on. Uh, the Neon Demon. If you know anything about me, I like these dark, kind of, like, murderous movies. Um, but yeah, um, I don't, like... I like it for a lot of reasons. It says a lot about the modeling industry and how awful it is, but that's not why. That's not why I consider it a movie that made me gay. Um, my note literally just says uh, "sexy lighting, sexy murder." That's all you need to know. I also really like Jenna Malone. Like, really like Jenna Malone. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's all I have to say about that. That is very good. Light. I mean, it's Nicholas Winding Riffin, so like, obviously, it's gonna have sexy lighting, but it just, oof. Moving on. Uh, the favorite. This is why I didn't say it earlier when I was talking about Rachel Weiss. I watched The Favorite because I saw her and was like, oh my god. Um, but yeah, my note for it just says triple threat. Yeah. Emma Stone. Rachel Weisz and Olivia Coleman in the same movie about good friends. Good friends. What's funnier is it is um, is historical. Um, so if you look up Queen Anne and you read her page about her friendship with these two women, it says they were good friends. And it know anything about history you know what good friends means so that's that um yeah 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 that's my last that's that um but yeah after that um good omens which is not a movie um it's a mini series well it actually just got a season two. I didn't think that was going to happen. I'm on the fence about that because I kind of liked it as a miniseries. 
But we'll see because the ineffable husbands are coming back. Um, yeah, it's all the adults in this movie basically are, are attractive. You know, you have Michael Sheen. Um, the fuck is his name? Doctor Who. <laughs> Forgot the actor's name. I mean, you guys know I forget names when I need to know them. Just uh, Jack Whitehall, um, the actress who plays Anathema. Like, they're, they're all attractive. And, like, you can't finish this show and not look at it and be like, oh, yeah, as you're a film cruelty, aren't gay? Yes, they are. <laughs> yes, they are. Can you imagine an angel and a demon actually being best friends? And not being gay? Come on. Come on. Um, speaking speaking of best friends that are definitely gay, the next movie is The Lighthouse. I'm not going to explain that because y'all have heard me talk about The Lighthouse a million fucking times, so I'm sure you know. I'm sure you know why it's on this list. Um, I have a tattoo for it. I don't have a poster up. I don't have a poster up. I have a painting that I did of The Lighthouse, though. I just, I love this movie. Y'all knew that, though. My note for it just says, I'm fond of you, lobster. It's true. I am fond of you, lobster. Um, yeah. Uh, the movie that started 2020 off strong before everything shut down, Birds of Prey and the Fantabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn. I saw this in theater three times. I'm not embarrassed of it. The first time was with, um, my brother's ex-girlfriend. When they were still together, obviously. The second time was with Tay. Literally, it's the very next day. The day after I saw it with my with my uh, brother's ex. The day after I saw it with Tay. We skipped class to go see it. Um, and then, oh, this is funny. So, before I went to go see it with my brother's ex-girlfriend, I had had my first date, actually, with my ex. Uh, the shitty ex that I've mentioned before. The abusive one. Uh, but my first date with him was that same day that I went. Like, I literally was like, I don't want to leave because I'm having a good time. But, like, I have to go see a movie with somebody. Uh, and then I went and saw Birds of Prey with my brother's ex. So, that being said, uh, the third time I saw it was with my ex. Like, a week later, I think. Um, yeah, everything about this movie. All the adult actors. Journey. Margot. I, I don't find Margot on her own attractive, weirdly enough, but, like, her as Harley does it to me. Um, who else? Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Chris Messina. As we previously mentioned, Ewan McGregor has a chokehold. So just Ewan McGregor. Ewan, Ewan and Chris as, uh, as uh, Roman and Zaz just... I I can't explain it. I can't explain it. I'm going to say this. I think they are the sexiest villains in any movie that I've ever seen. There. I said it. Um, I also have a poster of Birds of Prey above my bed, so I love this movie. It is my favorite DCEQ movie. Um, if you go on my litter box, I like you, Peach. Um, I do have a list of my ranking of DCU movies and Birds of Prey is at the top. So, um, next, 
uh, is another show. It only has one season, though. Um, but we have another show. Um, Cowboy Bebop. I found it. I watched this for the first time. So Marcel, who has been on a couple of episodes. Um, fun fact, he was actually my first friend at U of H. Um, I mean, my first friend at the university that I attend. <laughs> Or just blindly say, I don't care. I'm, I'm, I don't care. Um, yeah, he was my first friend at the school that I go to. Um, yeah, like the first person that I had there that I was able to like talk to. Um, I'm, I'm happy we're still friends. Um, I guess three years later now. Um, yeah, he, he got me on the show. He got me to watch it. And I love it more than anything. It is like one of our new talking points as friends. Um, one time we went to a bar and I showed up wearing a Cowboy Bebop shirt and he got mad that I didn't tell him because if if I had told him, then we could have matched. Um, I'm sorry about that, but oh well. Um, it, it, it was funnier because later on, this guy came up and complimented me and like was talking about my shirt. And then Marcel was like, see, see, if I had worn my shirt, we could have both gotten that. I'm like, Shut up, man. Anyways, uh, yeah, so Spike, Jet, Faye, they're all attractive. I say that. Um, earlier this morning, the day that I'm recording this, they showed some stills of the cast of the live-action remake. Not even gonna lie, I'm not fully sold on it. I'm not fully sold on the live-action. I think the Corgi is cute, but otherwise, I'm not sold. But yeah, uh, if y'all, Cowboy Bebop has, has taken over my life in the last, like, what, nine, nine months since I watched it for the first time. I have a tattoo of a quirky butt because of Ayn. I, I, um, it is, uh, two, two images from the show are literally the wallpapers on my monitors. It is the theme of my Google Chrome browser, it, like, I, I hunted down the Reginald Corgi Squishmallow. I like, I, this movie has complete, this movie, this show, well, also it has a movie, has completely taken over my life. Also, I noticed this now, it came out in 1998. I was born in 1998, so maybe that's why. I don't know. I don't know. Um, yeah. I just, moving on. Another triple threat. Another triple threat. Charlie's Angels, 2000. This movie, like, was... I think I've always liked Drew Barrymore, but this movie, when I watched it, I was like, oh, Drew Barrymore. Yeah. That's all I have to say about that. Um, I only got three more, and then I'm going to end this embarrassing episode. Um, I wish I could have the same amount of energy I had at the beginning of it. I'm sorry about that. But considering the topic we're talking about. Yeah. Um, this says a lot about me. Uh, but yeah, the next one is, uh, I watched this a few months ago for the first time, and it did something for me. Uh, the Love Witch. It did something for me, one, because I am a witch, uh, two, because I'm gay, and three, because it has that 70s movie vibe. Like, it's literally shot like a movie from the 70s, and I love everything about that. Um, I say that if you didn't know this movie released in 2016, I also learned the woman who 
directed it. Um, she wrote the story. She basically did this movie all on her own. She hunted down every vintage, like, furniture piece, every outfit. She hunted it down herself. She put a lot of her own money into this movie, and I respect that so, so much. So much. Go watch The Love Witch. Two more. Okay. Next, we have The Green Knight, because of Dev Patel. Also, um, because of Barry Keoghan. I realized recently from the Eternals trailer that I do find him attractive. I was on the fence about that for the last few years. And the Eternals trailer confirmed that I do find him attractive. So, them two. Also, Alicia Vikander. And because it's based on a myth, and I like that. I dig that. A good mythical, a good movie based on a myth just does it for me. So if you have any suggestions, recommendations of good, actually good movies based on myth, please let me know. Please, please let me know. I need it. My soul needs it. Uh, lastly, uh, this is an older movie, but I watched it for the first time a couple weeks ago. Death Becomes Her. Um, I like the concept of the movie a lot. I really do. Um, and then uh, Isabella Rossellini just as I've said before, she did it for me. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't have as much to say about the more recent ones as I did about the older ones, mostly because um, I watched them more recently, uh, so I don't have as many thoughts about them. But also, like, they don't they don't have as much of an impact. They do have an impact, a huge impact. Um, obviously, Cowboy Bebop has had a huge impact on my life, but, like, they don't explain the way I am, the way that the older ones do, because the older ones I watched when I was of an impressionable age, so, like, you know, in a way that they did, they did a lot more. Um, that being said, that wraps it up for this episode. I, again, I apologize for my embarrassment. Um... I was going to immediately record another episode after this. That's not going to happen. So hopefully the next episode is better. Um, but yeah, you can find me everywhere at Lucky Peach, L-V-C-K-Y Peach. If you go to any of my socials, you can find the link tree to make it easier for you to find me. You can find my Twitter, my Instagram, my TikTok, my Letterboxd, uh, Twitch, um... Patreon, patreon.com slash Peach, and there is something else that I'm missing that is on there, but if you go to my link tree, you'll find everywhere the name. Oh, the Discord, that's for the podcast. Um, yeah, um, thank you to my patrons, Brad, Gio, Luis, Abby. Um, thank you. If you join Patreon, patreon.com slash Peach, uh, you get every episode a week early, as well as if you're on a certain tier. Uh, you get a video version of each episode. So um, if you're on Patreon at patreon.com, you can actually watch my embarrassment from this episode play out in real time. Um, you can also watch me point at things in my room that people listening to the audio definitely can't see. Um, yeah. That's that. I will see you next week for the first episode of September, um, which will be Streaming Wars, and I'll discuss everything releasing uh in the month of september so again i'm sorry but i do hope you enjoyed this episode uh and i'll see you next week stay peachy